Let's pray. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we come, Lord, into your tabernacle, Lord, to worship you, Lord. Lord, we're here, Lord, to hear from you, Lord. We're here, Lord, to worship you and praise your holy name. And we pray, Lord, that you will be glorified, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your holy name will be blessed, Lord, this morning, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your people will be fed, Lord, and built up in their faith. We pray, Lord, above all, Lord, that you are the center. We pray that you will be glorified, Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Psalm chapter 28, a psalm of David, and a psalm that I have been in for a few weeks. And when you read Psalm chapter 28, you get to know David a bit more, but you also come closer to God, David's Savior. And Psalm chapter 28 is said to be a psalm that David would have penned in the night when there was trouble at his door, when he was at turmoil, when David was anxious and couldn't sleep, David would have penned the psalm. In verse 1 and 2, David earnestly seeks the face of God in a time of trouble and trial. In verse 3 to 5, the portion of the wicked is described. Verse 6 to 8, Praise is given to God by David for his mercy in hearing prayer. And in verse 9, the psalm ends with a general petition for the whole host of a militant believer. And this day and age, you need to be a militant believer. And I'm not talking about taking up bombs and guns. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. You need to be militant today. In 2023, going into 2024, and you need to stand your ground, and you need to be a soldier of God. But this petition is not a written petition. This petition is a verbal petition. This petition is not to the flesh. This petition is not to man or woman. This verbal petition is to the name above all names, the house that you can bring a petition to. This petition is to the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, his Saviour and his Lord. David cries in the night, but he doesn't cry to man. He doesn't cry to woman. He doesn't cry to flesh. He cries to Jehovah. The believer's cry is to Jehovah, not to the flesh of this world. The believer's petition is verbal, but it's to Jehovah. There's no higher authority in this land. There's no higher authority in this world that you can bring a petition to but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's read verse 1 of Psalm 28. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. David's petition is to the Lord, his rock. And you know, a cry is a natural expression of sorrow. A natural expression of sorrow. When we're sorrowful, 
When we lose a loved one, you'll cry. It's natural. But this cry is directed not at flesh, not at man, not at woman. This cry is directed to God. To cry to man for David here is futile. For David here, the cry to man is futile. The cry goes up to the Lord of David's salvation. A cry of resolve. Don't get this wrong. David's not crying in defeat. David hasn't, done, hasn't got physical tears. David's cry is resolve. David's Lord and rock, his petition, his verbal petition goes to Christ. David's not crying physically. David's crying on to Jehovah for resolve and strength in the trial that he's facing at the minute. The immovable foundation of all our hopes and David's hope. Our refuge in time of trouble. David is fixed to cry upon God, his salvation, his foundation and his rock. David's crying, not physically. David's crying on to Jehovah. He brings his petition to the Lord. And he says, you see this. You see this. My rock and my salvation, and I cry, and I bring my petition. No higher authority than the authority of the throne of the living God. No higher authority. In Psalm 37 and 23, it says this, The steps of a good man are ordered. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. And that word ordered means established. David's steps are established by God. It says in Psalm 27 and verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It says in Psalm 37, 23, Ordered, established. The Lord establishes David's steps. And the word light in verse 1 of Psalm 27 means wisdom and hope. The Lord establishes your steps and the Lord is your wisdom and your hope. And that's who David brings his petition to. Be not silent to me. David has to hear from God. David must hear from God. When you're thirsty and it's a warm day and you're sweating, and your tongue is sticking to the roof of your mouth, and somebody gives you a drink of water, and you gulp it down, and you're refreshed. Well, that's what David's saying here. David has to hear from God. That's what he's saying. I don't want to go through the motions, Lord. I don't want to have the familiarity of prayer. I don't want to go through the familiarity of clock on a cord in church. I don't want to come to God. And just have a prayer and that's it. And get up and leave. David pangs and thirsts for God. He has to hear from God. If David doesn't hear from God. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And David knows it. I want more. I want more is what David's saying. David wants answers to his prayers. He yearns to hear from God. He yearns. 
When I started to read this psalm, I, I could feel my stomach churning. And I got to know David more. But more importantly, I got to know David's God more. David yearns to hear from God. He has a hunger, an unquenchable desire to hear from God. David dreads the silence of God to him. David dreads it. If God isn't speaking to David, David dreads it. How much does he dread it? Don't be silent to me, God, or I become like them that go down into the pit. This is what David's saying. David's saying, if I don't hear from God, I'm like the dead who are six foot under, and I may as well be dead as well. That's what he's saying. The thirst and the hunger and the desire that David has to hear from God is immense. David has to have answers to his prayers. David has an unquenchable spirit and yearns to hear from God. And David says, if I don't hear from God, I might as well be dead. That's what he's saying. In verse 2 of chapter 28, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward the holy oracle. Hear the voice of my supplications, earnest and humble. David comes earnestly and humbly before his God. And David is crying onto the rock of his salvation. David is laboring in prayer. Do you ever labor in prayer? Because that's what David's doing. David has to hear from God. He comes before the holy oracle and David labors. He labors in prayer. He comes with a fervency and he says, I have to hear from God. I'm not leaving this holy oracle. I'm not leaving this place until I hear from God. And David labors when he's praying. He's not content with going through the motions. David's not doing that here. He wants answers from God himself. David has to hear from God. He's entering into the spirit of prayer and he's before his God. David's exhausted himself physically and spiritually in prayer. That's how David prayed. David cried before his God. David brings his petition before his God. David enters into the holy oracle before his God. David labors in prayer. He doesn't come in for five minutes. He doesn't come in with a shopping list. He labors. Do you get it? He's you see by the time David's finished praying, he's spiritually and physically exhausted. That's how David prayed. That's how David prayed. Supplications means in the Hebrew to bend or stoop in an earnest or a humble manner to bring a request. David is full of emotions before God and in search of answers to his prayers. 
Real praise to God is like a pure spring, rising up from within, from the inner depths of your soul. When you start to pray, and when David started to pray, it was like a spring in his stomach. And he would labor. And he would come before his God. And he would be physically and spiritually exhausted. But David would continue on in prayer, and the spring would rise up. And the spring would rise up, and his petition would rise up, and it would just come forth like a fountain before Jehovah. King David at the Holy Oracle in prayer. When I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle, the oracle in the temple representing the presence of God, watch, listen to this, lifting up the hands to God is a sign of devotion. Lifting up the hands to God is a sign of devotion. To receive blessings but we come empty-handed with our hands lifted up in devotion because we seek heavenly supplies. You see, you're different. You're saved. You're blood-bought. And the supplies on this earth aren't going to do you. You need heavenly supplies from the throne room of God. You lift up your hands in the holy oracle. You lift up your hands in God's house this morning and say, Lord, I have food. I have money. But that won't do, you see, because you're blood-bought. You need supplies from the throne room of God. And when David came, supplications means to stoop. This is how David came before God. That's how David prayed. And he stood like that for days, maybe. Physically and spiritually exhausted. Bringing his petition before God. Before the holy oracle with the hands outlifted and his hands are empty. But his hands are empty because he's going to receive blessings from the throne room of God. That's how David prayed. That's how David came before God. He didn't pull out the sofa and say, let's have a cup of tea. What a load of garbage. You're coming before a holy God. I think we've forgotten that, not this church. I think we've forgotten who God is. God is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is holy. And David came and David knew who he came before. And he stooped with his hands outstretched before the holy oracle. And he was physically and spiritually exhausted by the time he had finished. David is devout, contrite and humble. Contrite and humble. David wasn't perfect, you know. We know that. But you show me somebody who is. Show me. You see, we're quick to judge, aren't we? Throw him under the bus. You see what he did? Hear what he said? Watch her. No. Jesus came to save. Jesus came to save the lost. Jesus loves you. 
That's why Jesus came. And David comes before God. And he's humble before God. He's contrite before God. And David's prayers echo in the heavenly throne room of God. David has the ear of God. David has the ear of God. Draw me not away with the wicked in verse 3. The best of the wicked are dangerous company to keep. The best of the wicked are dangerous company to keep. Avoid them. Watch your company. Watch who you're with. Watch who you're listening to. Watch who's in your ear. And watch who's at your side. Which speak peace to their neighbor. But mischief is in their heart. They have learned the manners of the place that they will go. Deceit is their conversation. A side of baseness. What is baseness? Bad character. Bad moral principles. When the tongue and the heart are not in tune. The mouth speaks good, but the heart is evil. Such people avoid. That's what David says in Psalm 28. Avoid them. Don't have them about you. Verse 4, let's read it. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. David calls on divine justice. That's what he's saying for the wicked. If viewed as a prophetic word from David, but needs not be the case, if repentance comes, it needs not be the case if repentance comes. Romans 2, 6 and 8, it says this, Who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient Continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Are you, brother or sister, in patience, continuance? Are you in patient continuance? And are you saying to yourself, I'm tired. Don't know something. Had enough. Keep going. Because you're in the will of God. Because it says it in his word. If you're being patient. And you're continuing in your patience. Listen to the rest. In well doing seek for glory. His glory and honor. And immortality. Unto eternal life. Your patience. Your continuance. In his work for his glory. Will give you eternal life. You're in the will of God. Stay the course. You're not saved this morning. You don't know Jesus. But unto them that are contentious. And do not obey the truth. But obey unrighteousness. Indignation and wrath will come upon you. Indignation is the anger and fury of God. Are you here this morning and you're not saved? I go to church all the time. I've gone for 40 years. No good. Don't care. 
I give a, a, a tithe every week. I don't care. It matters not. Oh, I, I work in charity shops. That's okay, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is when you face your maker, what did you do with my son who was sacrificed for you on Calvary's cross? That will be it. Did you accept the blood? Did you trample the blood? Or did you reject my son? And you won't be asked if you tithed. You won't be asked if you went to church. Church can't save you. Only Christ can save. Only Christ can save you from everlasting eternal damnation. John 3 and 17. Read a few verses. John chapter 3, verse 17, 18 and 19. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. You're condemned already. He didn't send his son to condemn you. He sent his son to save you. But that the world through him might be saved. Are you saved? I'm not talking about being religious. Are you saved? Do you have a relationship with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ? He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Not a pope or a priest. Not Muhammad or Allah. They're all dead. There's only one God, capital G, who rose from the dead. You bring me Muhammad or Allah through that door. Where are they? They're in God's eternity. That's where they are. Capital G, one God. Believe in the name of the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. There's only one name above every name. The name of the Son of the living God who can redeem your soul. There's only one. All the rest are dead or dying in their sins. God is glorified in his creation. Romans chapter 1. A few verses, 19 and 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You're without excuse. The gospel and creation, you're without excuse. I don't believe in God. That's fine. That's your choice. But you're without excuse. The gospel and creation. You're without excuse. Nature is overflowing with proof of his wisdom, goodness, and yet the spiritual blind refuse to see in his providence his perfect cure for his people. He rules and overrules. God rules. And God overrules. He will destroy them. 
Both soul and body will see their destruction for eternity. This is what David is saying. And not build them up. Like old rotten timber houses, they will decay and fall. That's what David is saying. But needs not be the case. Needs not be the case. If repentance comes. A prophetic word from David. But it doesn't need to be so. There's still time. There's still time to come under the blood. Don't fall under the wrath and indignation of God. What a horrible place to be. Separated from God. For all eternity. A separation from God. In verse 6. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. David gives all his praise and glory to God. His sacrifice is his worship. You see, whenever you come into the tabernacle, this tent, you're not coming. You're not coming to worship an elder or a deacon or a pastor or. A, or a, it's great to be here, but you know, people people get. I'm not going tonight, or I'm not going today. I can't be bothered. How can you not be bothered to come and worship God who saved your soul? Yeah. Uh, he, he, I don't like what he said to me. Oh, that's okay. Forget about him. Because you're here to worship God. Yeah. It's, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Jesus died for your soul. The Father sent the Son who was sacrificed in your place. The blood flowed from his riven side. He saved your soul. You're blood bought. And I can't be bothered to go. It's not about the people. It's not about this tent. It's not about an elder. A deacon, it's not about a pastor. It's all about Jesus. See past everybody else. Forget about them. Even me. And I lead you at the best of times anyway. Forget it. And if I have said something or if I have offended you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. But listen, forget about me. You see, you need to see past me and see Jesus. He's the one who died for you. He shed his blood for you. He ransomed you and saved you. And when you walk through those doors, King David, here I am, Lord. I'm here to worship you. And I come empty-handed because I want to receive heavenly gifts and blessings. That's how you come to church. Jesus, you're wonderful. You're my saviour, you're my lord, you're my master, you're my king, you're my redeemer. 
I give you all the praise and glory and honor for you alone are worthy. Jehovah, my rock, my salvation, my shield, and my fortress. What about coming to the church like that? What about leaving, knowing that you've done a sacrifice of worship unto God? A sacrifice tonight. I raised up my hands in devotion unto the Lord. Oh Lord, you're wonderful, Lord. You came into the tabernacle and you sacrificed with, with praise. And your hands are out in devotion unto God. Oh, but some, so what, what will somebody think about me? Who cares? Get them up. Get them up. You're wonderful, Lord. There's nobody like you, Lord. Eternal life through the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Why would God's people not have devotion? Praise is the lips of your soul. Praise is the lips of your soul. The Lord has my soul. The Lord has saved my soul. You're wonderful, Lord. And the lips and the fountain starts to raise up. And it raises up in praise and it goes, whoa. The lips are the praise of the soul. Thy soul latifieth the name of the Lord. My lips will speak his praises, his wonders, my Savior and my King. That's what David's saying in Psalm 28. Are you getting to know David? Because if you're getting to know David more, you'll come closer to God. Can you see the love of the King, King David, for his Savior? As he pens the psalm. Because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. His earnest and humble request. His passion and intensity in prayer. And David gets an answer from God. David answers, or God answers David. God answers him. God sees him at the holy oracle. And David and God are in conversation. You ever get into conversation with God? I, I yearn for that. And I see when it's not there, I miss it. And I wonder what's wrong. There's maybe nothing wrong. But I wait on it. God and you. Listen. In the midnight hours, answers come. Get up and pray. I'm tired, Lord. Get up and pray. Close the door. Get on your face. And pray. Pray for the land. Pray for the people. Pray for your family.
Get up. Sacrifice. That sacrifice. And the Lord sees it. And you will get answers. But you have to labor sometimes in prayer. We, we talk about laboring in the work. But what about laboring in sacrifice and prayer? Before a holy God who stoops and listens to his people on their petitions and their requests. David's declaration and confession of faith in verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise him. David has got answers to his prayers. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is our strength when we have no strength. David takes the omnipotent, all-powerful God to be his own. And he rests wholly on God. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Faith first. Then comes the help of God. Put, put legs on your faith. Make your faith run. Hard sometimes, isn't it? But put legs on your faith. Believe your prayers. Labor in prayer. Don't give up. And keep walking with the Lord. Lord, I'm relying on you, my rock, my strength, and my salvation. Lord, you're my saviour, you're my hope, you're my all, you're my king. And keep laboring in your prayers. Haven't got answers yet? Keep laboring. Keep laboring and keep walking. Stay in a close course behind your Lord. Keep laboring in your prayers. And he will answer your prayers for his glory and for your benefit. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. We serve a great God, so let us greatly rejoice in him. Let us greatly rejoice in our God. When the soul is glowing with the goodness of God, the lips rejoice to show the state of the soul to a rejoicing believer. In verse 8 of the Psalm 28, the Lord is, our, is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. The Lord is their strength. Jehovah God should be to the church as he is to David here in this psalm. We need the same prayer, praise, strength, and faith. And we can have it, for the God of David is the God of CET. The God of David is the God of CET. He reigns and he rules. And he is the center. 
of Christ Encounters Tabernacle. He is the saving strength of his anointed, our covenant head, Jesus Christ, our Prince of Peace has brought us to full salvation. And in verse 9, a prayer of David to the church. What a song. King David. But what a God. What a God. Verse 9. A prayer to the church from King David. Save thy people. A prayer for deliverance from our enemies. Preserve your people. Support and help in times of trouble and hardship. Help and strengthen. Bless thy inheritance, Lord. Revive, refresh, enlarge and sanctify thy church. Consecrate, anoint and bless. Feed them also. Let thy physical and spiritual be supplied by the word and ordinances directed. Rule, sustain and satisfy. And lift them up forever. A prayer of David for the church. Carry them in your arms, Jesus, on earth. And lift them into your heavenly kingdom. What a prayer. Carry them in your arms on earth. And then lift them into your heavenly kingdom. Illuminate their minds and thoughts. Spiritualize their affections. Make them heavenly, Christ-like and full of God. David's prayer for the church. The prayer and praise of David. I spelled quite a, quite a while in that psalm. And I ended up being physically and mentally exhausted myself. Because I started to understand and got to know David. I feel as if I know David more. But I'm closer to God than I've ever been. How do you know? On Monday, and I'm saying this for an example, to strengthen you. On Monday, a darkness came upon me. I've never had it before, ever. I've never witnessed it before. I would say I was on the verge of depression. It was dark. I could touch it nearly. And it was right on me. Working on Monday. Coming home, getting into the Word. Voices in the head. I'm going to ravage you that was the word. I'm going to destroy your business. I'm going to take your testimony. 
I'm going to wreck your family and destroy your marriage. Tuesday, the same. Wednesday, the same. And I continued in the Word on my own. Thursday, the same. Some things were said and I couldn't repeat them. They were not, they were not evil. Thursday, when I finished work, I was coming down the Guilford Road. I was coming home. And I started to pray like David in the car. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I praised. And the time I pulled into the driveway of the house, the voices were gone. That's real. That happened this week. Why am I saying that? You'll still be here without physical food. You might be a wee bit packish if you have that all week. But you'll still be here. You'll still be here without your money. You may be a pound or two down, but you'll still be here. But I might not have been here without that. And that's truth. It's this psalm. Psalm 28. And it just so happened in the week that I was going finishing off this psalm. Psalm 28. That I had one of the biggest spiritual attacks I've ever had in my life. It's the biggest. Nobody knew about it. Not even Sarah. Kept it to myself. Why am I saying that? I'm saying it because of this. You can have your wealth. Your blood bought. You can have your wealth. And there's nothing wrong with wealth. If you've, if you've if you accumulated wealth, the Lord's blessed you, that's good. But don't hang your hat on it. We all need physical food. But you see, for the blood bought, you can't live without that book. You can't. I wouldn't have survived this week without that book. You need that book. The prayer and praise of King David. What a psalm. So when you come in to the tabernacle tonight, devotion. When you go in the prayer, maybe the next time, maybe instead of being 10 minutes, it might be an hour. You, when, this, when the group starts to sing and praise, maybe you'll sacrifice to the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Come into this temple today. Hear from the shepherd or pastor and praise and worship. Hands outstretched in devotion. Never mind who sees you. Lord, you're wonderful. Just like King David. 
goblet. 